Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. I realize, again, there's never an easy way. <laughs> so you're able just to kind of hook up with us. And so uh, I know it was one of those things that we haven't mentioned it to the worship team. Uh, it was one of those things that actually this morning uh, I, was, I was thinking that all the worship team would be together. And... Uh, uh, then I was going to let everybody know beforehand so that this wasn't their initial uh, encounter or, uh, of, of awareness. And uh, several people were gone. I think Dave was the only one that was going to be there. This, or excuse me, uh, Cody was the only one. So we just decided to shock them with the rest of you. So anyways, as I said, let's purpose to love on them. How many of you know that new seasons are upon us? Come on, new seasons in your life, and new seasons always bring about hope. New seasons always bring about life. New seasons are exciting, right? Not, not always enjoyable on the flesh or just the natural man, because sometimes we just got to walk them out in faith. But man, I'm telling you what, good things are ahead. Come on, are you all right with that? Come on. This is the season. Hope is in the holidays, right? And so if you didn't realize it, if you've always been one of those individuals that have just uh, dreaded the holidays, I'm just endeavoring uh, by the help of God to help you come to a place where you can have hope for the holidays, right? How many of you know that there can be hope in this season? And, and if you recall, just for the sake of reviewing, uh, you know, this is week number two of our series simply called Hope, that there is a difference in Bible hope or God hope than the hope that is in the world. In Romans it tells us, it says, those that were apart from God and without Jesus have no hope in this world. And so as we began to look at that, we said there are uh, two uh, identifications, if you will, or understandings of what hope is. There is a hope that the world knows that, that are apart from Christ. And there is a hope that those that are in the family of God can know and experience. And for the sake of just uh, uh, expounding on that and helping us understand, I wanted to simply give you the, the definition of hope. So apart from Christ, the only hope that one has is simply this. It's a desire for something good to happen, wishing that it would come to pass, knowing that it probably won't be obtainable. That's the hope that the world knows. When I say the world, I'm talking about people that don't know Jesus. So in other words, the best that somebody that doesn't have Jesus in their life, the best that they can do is hope and wish for something good, but all the while not having any kind of expectation or desire, or, or I should say confidence that it will come to pass. But now there's the Bible hope. There's the God hope that we have. And this is the definition of the God hope. It's real simple. It's a joyful and confident expectation. So come on. There is a major difference at the way hope looks in the life of a believer and somebody that doesn't know God. Now let's distinguish that. How many of you know that just saying I believe in God doesn't mean that you know God? Amen. The Bible says in Romans, the only way that you can know God or have a relationship with God is through Jesus. You might say, I believe in Jesus. And there's a lot of people that say, I do. 
But unless you've received Jesus into your life, you're still without God. Amen? And so at best, all you can do is hope and wish. But for us that are children of God, the Bible says that we can have a confident expectation. For what? What are you facing? What do you have in need of? What do you desire of God? What is it that you have uh, uh, in, in need of your family, your marriage, your health, whatever it is, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible says that you can have a confident expectation and you can have joy for the journey. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Because I could be hoping and wishing and all the while I could be wringing my hands. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Or I can say, you know what? I've got hope in God. And somebody says, listen, you've got the worst news in your life. How come you're smiling? Because I've got hope. Well, yeah, I'm hoping and wishing too. But no, listen, you've got to understand, I've got hope in God. Why? Because my foundation is in Him. I'm not alone, and I can trust in Him. Amen? And so, therefore, there is hope for the holidays. There is a confidence and an expectation that we can have in this season of 2019 as Christmas becomes more of a reality to us that it's not a holiday, but it's really the heart of a person, and it's the, the heart of a father towards his kids. Amen? And so I want us to continue to look at this and understand what this hope is that we have access to. If you recall, we brought to your attention in Acts chapter 2, verse 26. It says, Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope. Did you notice it says that your tongue was glad? So in other words, when you have hope, your words line up with the hope that's on the inside. Right? What does that mean? That means you can't be grumbling and complaining. You can't be boo-hooing. You can't be saying, oh, well, this never works out for me. No, because when you have true hope, there is joy and your tongue or your words are glad. Right? Come on, I, I, I know that there are those that get criticized. You know, they'll say, well, you know, they always talk positive. But do you realize that your words direct your life? Sure. Your words direct your life. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. God takes care of me wherever I go. Oh, you're just being arrogant. No, I'm just agreeing with the hope that the Word of God tells me. When I go somewhere, I expect to have favor. Well, I expect to get good deals. I expect that if there's a salesman, the salesman's going to work overtime to help me out. Why? Because I've got hope in God. He works for me. He takes care of me. He's endeavoring to see that Everything that I have need comes to pass. And it says that my flesh will be at rest. What is my flesh? What's that referring to? Well, you realize as people, we're made up of three different parts. The Bible tells us that we are a spirit. We live in a physical body. And I have a soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. Well, how many of you know on this side of eternity, my physical body has a voice? Anybody ever identify your voice before? I don't feel good. I don't like you. Right? That's just my natural feeling, my inclination, what my body's telling me. Or concerning your attitude, you can have a, a bad attitude. Or you might just feel like, you know, you're grumpy. You're feeling like, you know, what everybody's against you. It's your, your emotions. And emotions are up and down based upon how your body or this natural man feels. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, just this past week, I was talking with somebody, and I said, yeah, you know what? I felt that same way. I, I got into this little kind of uh, funk, if you will, where it's just like, you know, I don't want to do nothing. I just want to watch TV. Anybody ever been there before? It's like, I don't want to be productive. 
I don't want to see nobody. Oh, you know, so-and-so called from the church. Well, I'll give that number to somebody else. No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about? Your natural man just begins to have a mind of its own. But the Bible says that when you have hope, your flesh or natural man has rest. So in other words, when the doctor says something, well, listen, I know what the doctor says, and I'm going to have every opportunity to get upset or get nervous or get worried or get scared, but I have hope right now. Or when I see that there's situations in my life that are going awry, I know that I can have hope, and therefore my natural man can be at rest. Have you ever noticed that your natural man likes to not be at rest? It's just what it does. Have you ever stayed awake at night thinking just stewing over stuff? Yeah. You know, my wife and I, we just, you know, that's never my fault, by the way, just, just as a precursor. But just a couple nights ago, you know, we, we, we kind of had, you know, a couple words, you know, just uh, had to get her lined up, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's not in here right now. So. But <laughs> yeah, all, all the women come to the defense of my wife, yeah. <laughs> But one of the things, after we had that interaction, well, you know, I was good after that. You know, I just, I just went about my business, and so I came back into the room. When I came back into the room, man, the room was extremely cold. You know what I mean? And I came over near her, and I seen that she walked to the other side of the, the room. And so I went over, and I said, what's up, baby? She goes, don't touch me. I said, well, what's going on? Nothing. You know what's going on. Well, see, my... my thinking and process moved on. But her flesh, her natural man, was still hanging on to the stuff that wasn't giving her rest, right? And that's with everything within our life. This natural man will not get into rest or won't get into rest all by itself. You'll have to choose to respond to hope. Therefore, you can begin to have a confident expectation, not of what you see, not of what you feel, but what God has said. Can anybody say, I've got hope for the holidays? Come on, this season, because of what Jesus did, has given us the ability to have hope in the face of opposition. You know, this past week, there was an individual that uh, sent me a text message, and, and they were individuals that grew up across the street, or actually the husband did, uh, as I was a, as a kid growing up for, you know, 20 years. And so the wife had sent me a text message, and she says, hey, she said, uh, could I talk to you? And I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call back, and it, it hasn't worked out. Well, then finally she sent me a text back, and she said, I'm just asking you for prayer. She said, our family needs prayer. We need prayer for health. And then she said this, because God's not listening to me. Now, this is a family that goes to church. But have you ever got to that place where you feel like God's not listening to you? And you've gotten to a place where you've lost hope. And the only reason why you've lost hope is because you lost sight of who you have hope in. And let me just say this. Again, this, this isn't to be a hard statement because I realize that we all face circumstances and we go through things in our life. But we as Christians should never get to that place of saying, God doesn't listen to me because he's always listening he may not always jump every time you say jump he might not always do what you're thinking he ought to do 
But he will always answer and he's always listening. And knowing that he's always listening and he's always available, it gives you hope. Meaning it gives you a confident expectation that God has heard me. And therefore I can have peace. And there can be rest in the midst of a situation, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of circumstances. It's knowing that I have hope. And if you're a Christian, you have this thing called hope on the inside. You may not know that it's there, but it's there. And see, oftentimes as Christians, not knowing the hope that is available, it's like the individual that starves to death but had food in the pantry the whole time. It's like the person that is living underneath of the bridge, but they got an inheritance and they're a multimillionaire and didn't know it. It's like somebody that's saying, I'm freezing to death, but all they had to do is go turn the thermostat on and there was power to kick on the heat. In the same manner, as believers, we have hope. We can have a confident expectation of joy and peace and rest. But if you don't know that this hope is available... You'll just have the hope that those that don't know God have. And it's a hope and it's a wish. And so my desire is, is that you'll come to know that there is hope for the holidays. And see, when you realize that you have hope, you'll begin to fight for it. I said, when you realize that you have hope, you'll fight for it. Let me just ask you the question. If you found out that you were given an inheritance of $5 million, and the lawyers called you and said, hey, listen, we've got an inheritance for you. It's $5 million, but lost so-and-so said that they're going to fight you on it, and they want the money, and they don't want you to have it. How many of you would fight for $5 million? Come on, raise your hand if you would. Listen, it wasn't yours to begin with. You never had it. You never knew about it. But you're telling me that you would fight for $5 million? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would. In fact, even if you spent $2.5 million in lawyer fees, you would still fight for that $2.5 million that you'd put in your pocket, wouldn't you? Well, why would we fight for money that you can't take with you, but yet we've got hope all the time and all along on the inside of us, but we don't do anything to get that rest or find that peace or the joy that's available. And it all showed up on this one day called Christmas. We've got hope for the holidays. Last week, I wasn't able to get into this particular area. We were running short on time. But as I was getting ready last week, remember I said we've got to fight for hope. And if you knew what hope would really truly provide for you in your life, you would fight to stay in hope. But here's something that the Lord said to me last week. This is the word of the Lord for somebody here. Maybe it's for me. But if it bears witness with your heart, then just take hold of it and say, okay, God, I hear what you're saying to me. But there are some that have gotten used to the fight. You've gotten used to the fight, not for the fight of hope, but just the fight of life. The fight with your kids, the fight with the work, the fight with the bills, the fight with the wife. And you've continued to stir up the fight. And it's not that you enjoy it, but it's a means by which you stay in control. Did you hear what I said? 
you will purpose to fight and you don't like the outcome, but it gives you a sense of being in control of something when everything else is out of control. How many of you know that don't produce peace in a home? It don't produce peace in a life when you constantly fight for the sake of fighting. The Lord also said this to me. He said, there are those that I desire for them to grow. But rather than growing, they resist the process. Remember last week we said that when we receive God, we're like that shiny new egg. Brand spanking new on the outside, but hollow on the inside. When you crack it open, there's not a whole lot of substance. But then there's the hard-boiled egg. The hard-boiled egg isn't real pretty, but it's went through a process. And therefore, when it gets knocked around and maybe the shell even gets cracked, it doesn't break because there's substance on the inside as a result of the process. And God said that there are many that are resisting the process and choose to fight against the process. And this is what the Lord also said. He said there's times that individuals will look at the person speaking, which is a pastor, and have gotten resentful at a pastor and didn't realize it was God helping them through the process. Are you here? What does that mean? I realize this. Listen, I'm human just like you. There are times that God has said something to me through somebody else, maybe even my pastor, and I didn't necessarily like it, and I got mad at the person, but failed to see that it was God trying to help me. Amen? What am I saying? Quit resisting the process. Quit fighting against the process of what God's wanting to do and allow hope to arise that will give you peace, that will cause you to be glad, that will cause you to have rest within your natural life. There's a fight, right? And God's not wanting you to fight against him, but he's wanting you to fight for what he's made available for you. Fight for your family. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your health. Fight for your church. But know how to fight. Don't fight against the process, but fight for the hope that God said is already available. Amen? How many of you know it's not always comfortable to go through the process? Right? How many of you have ever worked out before how many of you know that after you initially start working out it's not always necessarily enjoyable right uh, if you don't know uh, uh, yet or if you don't know uh, Cody and, and Christy they own a CrossFit gym right and he's always trying to get me to go there I think he's just wanting to torture me I think that's really why I want to get I'll get you pastor well, Chuck, you know, he's been our, our, our children's minister. And he said, yeah, the, uh, uh, Cody invited him to come to the CrossFit gym. They were having like a free trial kind of thing. And, and he went there one time with Cody and, and worked out with him. And Chuck said, he said, you know, there have been times in my life where I've done some physical things and I've been really sore. He said, but I have never experienced pain and soreness like I did after working out with Cody. How many of you know that there's a process that sometimes after you've worked the muscle, it's a little sore? You feel a little bit of the tension and the resistance because of what you exerted or the effort that you made. But how many of you know God wants you to fight for the right things because it's worth it? There's joy, hope, and rest on the other side if you'll just embrace the hope that God has given. 
And I'm telling you, there is hope for the holidays in these next few weeks. If you've been dreading them, if you've been thinking, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to get through them, there's hope. There's hope in this time. And let me encourage you, don't do this season by yourself. You know, there's a story that we see, and it's the story of Paul, and he's getting ready to take a journey, and he's got some individuals that are going to go with him, and it's over in the book of Acts chapter 27, and we'll get there in just a moment. But as they're getting ready to journey, this wasn't the ideal time to take a trip. In the direction that they were headed, in the seas that they were going to sail, in the time of year, this was not the time to set sail. But Paul decided to do it anyways, and there were those that decided to go with him. And if you recall the story, the Bible tells us that as they went on this journey, the great storm arose and the ship was being shaken and it was being destroyed. And the Bible says that they got so scared that they started to throw over all the supplies and thinking at least we can lighten the load because we want to survive and we want to live. But then the Bible says that there was an angel that came and visited Paul on the journey. And spoke to him and gave him some very specific instructions. And that's where I want to pick up in Acts chapter 27, starting in verse 23. Paul says this to the guys. He says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Let me say that again. He said, Last night there was an angel that stood behind, uh, beside me of the God in whom I know and the God that I serve. Let me say that one more time in case you missed it. Paul said, There was an angel that came to me, but he was an angel of the God that I know and the God that I serve. Amen. So how many of you know that when you know God, when you know Him, it doesn't matter how big and how ugly the storm gets. If you know him, you know that he's going to get you on the other side. And not only do I know him, but I also serve him. So if I'm serving him, then that means he's ordering my steps. And that means that if I'm in the middle of a storm, he knows how to get me out. Because I know and I serve the same God. Amen. When you're going through things, what is a matter that gets you the hope or gets the results of the hope that you have? It's to know. Excuse me. It's to know the God in whom you serve. Amen? It goes on to say this in verse 24. He say, the angel says, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. So in other words, he says this. He says, listen, this battle that you're going through, this isn't going to end you because there's a greater battle ahead of you still. In fact, all these individuals with you, they're going to take the journey with you. Come on. You think what you're going through right now is the greatest obstacle, opposition, hardship you've ever faced. And God says, listen, there's greater battles down the road. I'm not going to let you alone on this one. I've given you hope right now, a confidence, an expectation, a joy, and be glad to be able to know that I'm getting you through it. And there's going to be other ones down the road, and there's going to be bigger ones down the road. But listen, this one right here, this one we're getting through. You've stood this long. You're going to keep on standing. Just keep your eyes on me, and I'll give you hope. Amen? It goes on to say in verse 25. He says, therefore, he's speaking to the guys. Remember, he said to them, 
He said, God said that not only am I going through, you're going through with me. He says, therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Come on, say it with me. Say, I believe God just as it was told me. Come on. He wasn't just going out in his own natural man, resting in his own ability. He says, no, God has said something. And because God has said something, I've got hope. My hope isn't wishing, hoping that we're going to get through and probably won't. No, my hope is a confident expectation that what God said, we're going to the other side. Amen. I know and I serve God. And therefore, I expect and know that he's going to talk to me. And I know that we're going through. Amen. And that's the same God in which you serve. The God that I believe. From the natural side, it didn't seem possible. It seemed as though this wasn't going to be a happy ending. It seemed as though this fight that they were fighting in the natural was going to end in disaster. There was no end in sight. But Paul said, I've heard from God. And I've got hope. I've got hope. Now there's two sides to hope. You want to know what they are? You doing okay? When it comes to hope, there's two sides. There's the side of which God said, and there's the side of which you respond to what he said. See, what, here's what happens all the time, is that we as believers oftentimes we say, well, God said it, must come to pass, must just going to be happening. How many of you ever had God speak to you about certain things and you're still waiting on them? We all have, I think. There is what God said, and there's what I do in what God said. Do you remember the story of Jesus on the water and his disciples were in the boat? And there was a storm, another storm arose. And as they're looking out, they see a man walking on the water, and one says, that's Jesus. And their other one says, no, I think that's a ghost, man. And then Peter says, no, if it's Jesus, I'm going to ask him to have me come out on the water. He says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come on. And so... Because Jesus said, Peter had hope. He stepped out on the water and began to walk. How many of you know that there was the ability for every single person to step out of the boat and walk on the water? But there was only one that stepped out and responded to what Jesus said. But did you notice that once he stepped out, the storms and the circumstances and our life began to take his attention away. And therefore, he forgot what was said and he lost hope. See, it's not automatic. If it was automatic, man, a lot of things would look different. But there's what God said that gives us hope. But there's us in the response to hope to say, God, I've got confidence and trust in you. Therefore, I expect. And therefore, I choose to have rest in spite of what I see. And how many of you know that when you start to live that kind of a life, It will save those around you. I said it will begin to save those that are around you. Now listen. Those that were on the boat. The Bible says that they were ready to jump ship. They said man. You know it looks bad. I guess maybe we ought to just jump ship. But maybe we'll live as a result of jumping ship. And Paul says now listen. He says no. Don't jump. God said if we stick together. Everybody will live. You see, there's too many people that are wanting to jump ship just because the flesh isn't finding the rest that they desire. So they're going to try to help God and step out in their own natural means and get out from among those that they need to be associated with, and therefore they get shipwrecked. Right? 
And so it's a matter of trusting God and knowing, God, you've orchestrated this. Amen. Amen. God has given us hope. Say, I've got hope. When it comes to the church, there's a boat that we got to stay in. There's those that God has put you in contact with. And he'll help you live a life of hope together. And isn't it good that it's not based upon you or me? How many of you realize that all of us have different capacities? You know, there are a whole lot of people in here that are a whole lot smarter than me. There are are people in here that have come from a whole different background than me. You've had greater opportunities than me. And therefore, if it was based upon your background, your upbringing, or your capability of being intelligent, then God would be an unjust God. But it has nothing to do about you or what you can do. It's all about what Jesus did through this little baby that gave us hope. And he did it for you, and he did it for me. And as a result... We can have hope for the holidays. Hope started with a baby. And this Christmas season, it's not about the gifts. It's not about the tree. It's about the hope that's been given to you. And you might say, that's hard, Pastor. That's really hard. It's hard to believe in this little baby that I've never seen. It seems like a fairy tale. I saw this on Facebook just this past week. It was a person that I know. And her son is, his son's girlfriend is pregnant with a baby. And so on Facebook, she puts a picture of the ultrasound introducing her grandchild. And this is what she puts on the post. She said, my heart is so full. And I never thought that I could love someone so deeply that I've never met. Can you relate to that? It's just a picture. It's something that you haven't seen or met yet. But just in seeing the picture and knowing what is to come, there is a hope and an expectation and it brings joy. My heart is full. I never knew that I could love someone that I haven't met. And that's who he is. You may have never met him face to face, but he's as real as the mention of his name. And if you will allow him to come and get to know you and you with him, you will find that you have hope like you could never dream of having. Having a confident expectation. Notice what it says here in Romans chapter 15 verse 13. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's hope for the holidays. If you're sitting here this morning and you feel as though I've got a heavy heart, you've got a heavy heart because of what's going on, or you've dreaded the holidays. Listen, this can be one that changes everything. If you'll purpose to focus on the right thing. And partake of and receive his hope. Can we stand? With every head bowed and every eye closed.
I don't think it's by chance that we're all here this morning. Every single person has a different story. Every single person has things that are triggers for them that brings about memories of the past, brings about hurts. But remember what we shared last week. There are scars that we wear. And scars can remind us of our past and keep the pain alive. Or those scars can remind us of the process. And if we'll look at those scars long enough, we'll find that those scars are actually healed up. They're just a remnant of what was. Don't let the ghost of the past ruin your present because you have hope. You have hope for a brighter future. You have hope for an outcome. You have hope for a new day. For in a new season. And it's a new time. As we close, I just want to pray for you. I believe that God wants to mend hearts. I believe that God wants to do something in the hearts of every single person. And maybe you're here this morning and you're that individual that just seems like you're fighting against everything just so that you can stay in control. Listen, I get how that is. I understand that full, fully. I encourage you just to let loose and let go of the fight. And simply surrender your heart to God entirely. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying surrender your heart entirely. Saying, God, I'm going to let go of the control. I'm going to let loose of the fight. And I'm going to yield and surrender entirely to you so that I can experience hope this holiday in Jesus' name. So if that's you this morning, let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person that's here this morning. Those that would be listening online, I pray for them as well. God, I pray right now that the eyes of our understanding would be opened, that we would see the reality of true hope. That it wouldn't be based on my ability, my strengths, or what I can do. It's not based upon where I came from or what I have access to. But it's based upon the hope that we have in you. I thank you that, Lord, this day we've got a confidence to expect you to be and do exactly what you promised. So I thank you that this morning joy is being restored. I thank you that, Lord, the moment we begin to speak negatively and begin to look at and agree with circumstances, we'll be arrested by the Holy Spirit and He'll help us begin to focus on the right things and therefore hope will arise. I thank you, Father, that this is a Christmas and a holiday like no other. It's the beginning of something new. And we give you all the thanks and praise. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening 
We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.